on FM 96.3 and AM 620. News Talk WVMT. Welcome back to The Morning Drive, everybody. We are back and joining us in studio now. We always love having him in here. It's Rob Roper. Rob, of course, is the past uh, uh, GOP chair in Vermont. He has been president of the Ethan Allen Institute. Uh, Good morning, Rob. Thanks for being here. Hey, always fun to be here. Thanks for having me. And he now writes a column, of course, on Substack uh, called Behind Enemy Lines. And there's always a lot of great stuff in here. Before we go to some of those columns, I just have to ask uh, Rob as... Um, the former president of Ethan Allen Institute. There's been a controversy now with, at Ethan Allen with uh, the president um, who became president of Ethan Allen Institute, Myers Mermel, and questioning financing and, and of the of the um, institute and all these things. Uh, as a past past president, uh, how do you? And you may not know anything additional than anything that we've read in the column in VT Digger, but how do you take that? What's going on there? Well, I, I'm. I really don't know why. I mean, I ste- when when Myers became president, I stepped down from the board along with three or four other board members, and uh, I have not really been privy to the behind the scenes what's going on with the institute ever since. But you know, as a past president, it makes me sad. You know, I, you want to see the 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 institution thrive after you go. Uh, when I, I mean, questioning finances when we left, I, I left behind a two hundred thousand dollar plus nest egg to assist with that transition um and i don't know what happened to that um, did, did, can i ask you did people resign because there was concern about myers Mermel becoming president or 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 other reasons uh that, that there was concern about the way he went about uh, getting securing that position and, and kicking out the the president who succeeded me which was meg hansen got it anything i'm i'm no, I just I'm not a Myers Mermel fan, and I think he should go back to New York or Massachusetts. <laughs> and I've said that publicly. And Tell I, us what you I think, Randy. <laughs> I don't. I just just look at his campaign finance report. One person in Vermont gave money to his campaign. Well, that's I mean, enough said. I, I clearly have problems with it. Uh, so anyway, anyway, let's so let's rather, go. I really want to dig into the. No, yeah, we want. <laughs> we're, obviously, we're getting into all the columns that Rich has written, and one of them. The latest one, I think, is the renewable energy credit issue. Um, and you've talked about Chris Pearson, who was a state rep and a state senator and is now working for the Sierra Club. Sierra Club, correct. Yes. So tell us about that column, Rich. What is it? that This is like a shell game? Yeah, well, the uh, what the column is based on, what, what I do with Behind the Lines is I, I, I watch all of these uh, hearings that take place. You know, when the legislature's in session, it's the committee hearings that, you know, the, the caucus hearings. And when... Uh, off session, they have you know these off session committees that get together, and one of one of them is uh, this uh, renewable energy standard working group, and they've been meeting to discuss how we should shape future energy policy in the twenty twenty four session. You know they're they're writing the legislation now that uh, or recommending legislation to be written that's going to be passed in a year, and you know we have this thing, the renewable energy standard and and rich sorry to, I mean Rob. not rich that was rich Lowry Rob uh, <laughs> both are so but Rob. Um, and before getting into fully into that, can you? Because I think most Vermonters don't really know how that issue works with re- renewable energy credits. Can you give us a brief description of how that's supposed to work? Yeah. Well, the, the, well, got to go back to the renewable energy standard, which is basically a, a a benchmark that says you have to get 
so much of your energy for if you're Green Mountain Power or Burlington Electric or, or whoever it is, uh, whoever's selling you your electricity has to buy so much renewable energy. That's the standard that's being put in place. And the uh, credits are, you know, and this is what Pearson brought up in, in his, his, his commentary is like, you, you know, you can be buying from a, a coal fired power plant directly, but then you can swap out these energy credits, you know, credits to it's like, I, I call them an indulgences scheme, you know, from the, you know, medieval Catholic church that would sell sin indulgences and you could sin all you want. Kind of like carbon offset. Yeah. No, yeah. It's a, it, that's exactly what it is. It's yeah. a carbon offset. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Pearson to somewhat of his credit called us out and said, you know, this is, this is greenwashing and it's a shell game. And, and it is because, and it's more complicated than just that because the way our system is set up, we allow renewable energy credits for large scale hydro and hydro Quebec. And we allow it for, I think, biomass like McNeil and other states don't. Other states have said that that's not really renewable energy, uh, you know, biomass because you're sending, you're burning wood and putting carbon in the atmosphere. That shouldn't count. And hydro because you're, uh, flooding so much uh, area that taking out natural habitats and there's a lot of concrete that's involved, whatever that shouldn't be considered renewable energy. It's all semantics and politics. You know, we're still getting energy from these things. It's still, if it produces carbon, it still goes in the air. But as Chris pointed out, you know, there's this shell game that goes on where you're taking these cheap uh, renewable energy credits that we can make here in Vermont, trading them out for expensive energy credits, pocketing the money, lowering your own, uh, c- customers' bills, then some estimates in Burlington, it's 25% because of this arbitrage that goes on. But it's not really doing anything for the environment. And and Pearson called it out. But And that could be taken as a sincere person's desire for, you know, a true believer, a true environmental believer's desire for uh, honest accounting. But the other thing is, is what Pearson, I think, and a lot of people on that committee want is for us to have to buy more local uh, energy, you know, we want lo- they want local wind on our ridge lines. They want local solar filling up our fields. And as long as they allow us to buy recs out of state, we're not going to be building that in-state renewable. So the other corrupt, I think, part of this plan is they are pushing. They want to get rid of the recs, not because they want honest accounting. They want to get rid of the recs because their donors own these businesses. And that's what really came out as, as part of the story that I, I think is the real scandalous part. And it was Ken Nolan from VEPSA was saying, look, you are forcing us to buy power from the owners of these certain companies. Now who that's, are donating to who, the if you look, who are setting if, up this new standard. If you look at you know who are on the boards of the people who are on this committee, VPERG's on this committee. Their board members are you know Sun Common and and, and uh, Vermont Solar. You know the, these are the people who are writing the law that is basically saying you have to buy power that we make, and we're not making enough of it. So you're going to need another law that says we're it's going to make it easier for us to build this kind of power. It's a really you know crony crony corporatism that's going on in this and i i think it's a huge scandal that the you know i think i'm the only one in the in the media that's that's talking about it at all i think you are and that's why i really wanted to dig in because it's kind of been this wink wink nudge nudge uh especially if you work in the solar industry don't worry we're we're, we're we've got a plan we've got a path and it's been it's been mapped out uh but not talked about publicly. And and that's why I really wanted to dig in a little bit because 
if this had been, well, think about it. They, they, people went crazy over the what is it, eighty thousand dollars spent by the fuel dealers association. Oh, not even. Yeah, yeah, and 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 yet. Five times that was spent on the Let's Grow Kids movement. Okay. <laughs> and we didn't, we didn't see, you know, and nobody's getting cheaper uh, uh, daycare because of it. But uh, anyway, the hypocrisy is just insane. And we're headed down this path. And, and the, the fact that we're going to have to listen to whatever these committees decide, because a year from now, we're not going to have any more time. We're going to have to put this in place. You oh, know? oh, yeah. They that, can hear the pitch already. Yeah, that, that's the propaganda. You know, well, it's going to be, well, we have this renewable energy standard that says mm-hmm. we need to get, you know, 90 percent renewable energy by this year. And uh, and then you're going to have, have somebody say, oh, well, we can't buy these wrecks anymore because that's greenwashing. That means we need to build more solar. Right. Here. Right. You know, in Aston County. and, and Oh, yeah. No, up in the know. kingdom, I and mean, we got to put more wind towers up. And, and you know, who's going to do that? Well, it's it's the people that are you know have employees on this committee testifying, writing the law. Yep, I agree. Let's uh, let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. You know, since you mentioned Green Mountain Power, they also just announced their 1.5 billion dollar program initiative to end power outages by 2030. By uh, you know, making some changes to the grid. This sounds like the smart meter fiasco that they stuck us to bill with that uh, claimed it was going to save us money and never did. So uh, that's something else to look out for. That's going to be a huge increase to people's rates, $1.5 billion by 2030. Well, I'm not I'm not familiar with that plan, but I'm glad you you mentioned net metering because that's another story that I have in the pipeline from this watching these committee hearings, and it was it was Lewis yeah. Porter from a, from I think it's Washington Electric was talking about how the net metering thing is really unsustainable the way they're doing it because the the, the system isn't built the the logist or the the infrastructure isn't built to have two way power going there there it takes a lot of money and he said his words millions and millions of dollars to do this and the way that they're getting people to sign up for the net metering is they're not charging them from what i understand for that infrastructure they're getting money back so the people who are requiring millions and millions of dollars of infrastructure to do the thing that they're doing to get the discount that incentivizes them to do it aren't paying into the infrastructure system that is getting offloaded onto everybody else is electric bill and and you know lewis to his credit said you know this this isn't going to work for very long i mean we got to start it's sort of like with the electric vehicles you know that you give them the incentive to get the electric vehicle so they don't have to pay gas taxes but then nobody's paying to maintain the roads right so you got to then come back to the people with electric vehicles and charge them some sort of a fee for the infrastructure that they're that they're using uh same thing with net metering let's go back to the phones good morning you're live on the morning drive First of all, I'd like to thank Rob for uh, the work that he's doing and giving us the awareness in reference to the Clean Air Standard Act. My question is, uh, what can we do as consumers and residents of the state in reference to trying to uh, put this off, whether you know we do it on the Internet, Facebook? People need to be aware of what's being forced upon us well i'd like your comment please thank you yeah uh well uh, as as kurt said the name of my column is behind the lines rob roper on vermont politics you can find it on substack robert roper.substack.com i would urge people to go out you know sign up uh it's you can get a free subscription and all the content is out there for free if you want to 
sign up for a paid subscription. Uh, that helps me justify all the time I spend doing this to my wife, and I, I certainly appreciate it. Uh, but uh, and, and then hit hit the share button and hit yeah. the you know hit the like button and hit the share button and uh, th- that's the only way we can that's the only way we can really spread the word. You know, I'll, I'll just tell a quick story about sharing. You know, the difference between people on the left and people on the right is my friend John McClowry, um had an article once. This was back when Vermont Digger would allow comments on their on their stories, and John had. There was a side by side with John. It was an environmental issue. John had the one side of the story, and there was a, a left wing columnist who had the other side of the story. They ran them side by side, and John said, "Hey, look at this. I've got like eighty people who've commented on my my story, and most of them agree with me. And if you look at the other guy's story, there's only like three comments, and none of them agree with him." I said, "But John, look at the other button there, the one that says share. You've got like three shares, and he's got over a thousand. Wow. That's how they spread the word." Uh, and, you know, there's uh, you, you look at all I was listening to you guys when I was driving in today. All these stories, these are left wing policies are coming home to roost, whether it's crime in Burlington, whether whether it's foreign policy on the national scale. There's a story in um, in uh, seven days the other day about how for 20 years we've been teaching kids the wrong way to read. Right. And, and yep. we've got this this generation of, of kids who are you know not as literate as they should be because of a left wing policy that just had all the warm and fuzzies surrounding it and and you know we're doing the wrong things and it's obvious that we're doing the wrong things but for some reason people just aren't willing to you know put their arms around that fact and change direction and part of it's part of it's the echo chamber that's created by a lot of this talk back and forth and we need to counter that echo chamber uh by getting the facts out and only we can do it folks let's go back to the phones good morning you're live on the morning drive hi good morning yeah you uh, touched a pet peeve of mine with the net metering. and You know, I, I don't have a problem with having solar panels on people's roofs, but when we're paying them 16 or 17 cents a kilowatt hour and the normal rate that we pay wholesale is around 4 cents, it, it just doesn't make any sense that we're paying so much for this rooftop just to basically supplant people's income that can afford to put panels up and uh, and we have to pay extra on top of our bill to to subsidize that yeah no you're exactly right it is uh, what is termed a welfare program yeah because if you can afford to do the the solar uh yeah you're exactly right now rob can you explain so to go back to uh what pearson said chris pearson former state senator and state rep says at some point and this is in Rob's article, we've got to end this fiction, and generally I think we do ourselves and the debate a great disservice if we don't at least try to acknowledge the shell game. And again, you give him credit for sort of being transparent about the shell game. But again, so if you're in Burlington and you and, you, and Burlington Electric uses these renewable energy credits, and as you said, it reduces the bills by, some have said, up to 25%, I mean, if you're a Burlington resident, right, you, you like that. You want that. I mean, you want your bills to be lower. So so why would somebody want to, to do away with the renewable energy credits? Well, I, I, there's two reasons. There, 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 and I, I'm not in Chris Pearson's head, so I'm not going to you know try to describe anything. But one reason is you're a true believer in the environment. And global warming and, and right. catastrophic climate change. And if we're putting carbon into the air, we need to stop doing that. 
And if you allow these renewable energy credits, then people can still put the carbon to the air, but you're just, you know, pay a fee to feel good about yourself. And uh, we should stop that. We should really reduce the amount of carbon going into the atmosphere. That's one. The, uh, the other is my buddy over here who donates to the Sierra Club builds in-state solar and wind. And I want him to get business. And, you know, yes, maybe people's electric bills will go up, but I will get donations <laughs> as a result of, uh, of this uh, this policy change. So th- Not, th- those are the two reasons that I that I see. And I see one other, uh, because a lot of rural Vermonters that can't afford uh, to, to change their systems are going to have to buy those credits. So it's going to be on the backs of the rural Vermonters reducing the electric bills of the Burlington Electric customers. Well... Maybe I'd, I'd have to look. I'd have to look into how the shell game works there. But the, but a lot of those companies are buying the RECs too. That that's one of the things Ken Nolan said is you know we have to buy uh, any electricity that we buy has to be uh, come with these tier one RECs. So they have they have they, to buy they, they have to buy it. And that and that was his complaint. It's like you know you're driving us toward the people who own these businesses, and you're driving us away from the people who own these businesses. We can't buy from nuclear anymore. We can't buy from you know natural gas powered plant and we've got we've got to buy the specific stuff and the specific stuff is owned by these specific people and that those specific people are on boards that have people who are on this committee making the decision under their on their paycheck i yeah. mean it's a huge conflict of interest yeah now rich i uh rob i want to say rich <laughs> might get my r's confused rob you uh, also wrote about this school board story with chris hire kurt hire kurt hire i'm getting everybody's name screwed up. <laughs> kurt hire who you think i'd remember that first name Kurt Heyer, school board member, Slave Valley, um, and saying nobody's covering this, and he's had some really serious uh, charges that he's made or concerns that he's... Can you give us a quick rundown on what that story is and why nobody else is covering it, seemingly? Yeah, I've written two stories on this, and actually one of them, I think, was the the most widely read story that I've had in terms of my statistics on Substack. And and Kurt is basically... He was elected to the Slate Valley uh, School Board, or District School Board, uh, which is Fairhaven, Vermont, uh, in, in this last round of elections. And he's really started pushing the board to dig into allegations of abuse in the, in the local, in the local middle school, high school. And, uh, it, this goes to, you know, a teacher being fired is, was one of the cases that he says we should look into this because he thinks that she was not cooking the books about how much was time was actually being spent helping kids with special needs there is there were allegations of of physical abuse towards some students who had special needs and the this the uh the school board is actually pushing back against him saying that you know why why are you bring digging up this dirt on us you know we can handle it we can do it quietly uh but you know kurt's argument is uh no, it's, it hasn't been done. You know, there hasn't been the investigations. It seems like the board is more interested in sort of covering its tracks and its own liability in what's happening here. Certainly the superintendent is trying to cover her tracks and her liability here. I'm just interested in, you know, making sure the students are getting the care that they need and the education that they need. And nobody seems to care about that issue. And, uh, you know, this has been going back and forth. It's a, it's a story that has statewide implications because – this uh, abuse of students with special needs called uh, um, seclusion and, and um, what's the other term? 
basically where you take the child who's acting out and you put them in a rubber room for, mm-hmm. until they, they cry it out. Or restrain them, you know, you know, put them in a, you know, a wrestling hold and, until they calm which down. Which has been a big issue in the legislature which is and a, the education committee. Which is a, an issue in the state legislature. So here you've got this story where this guy's trying to expose what's been going on. There's a law, uh, H-409, in the education committee right now that uh, that deals with this. But the press just isn't. They're isn't interested. I mean, I mean, if you've got a mascot that you know might have some ties to the <laughs> right Indigenous a culturally insensitive, yeah, yeah. insensitive subject, uh, the, the the Vermont media is all over it. But you've got a story about you know you know kids with special needs being physically and mentally abused in the public school system, and, and they're not interested. Let's go back to the phones. Uh, good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Hey, this is Matt Coda. How are you? Hey, Matt. Hey, I just wanted to highlight something that Anthony just said, which is really important because it, it, it takes on a much broader context, which is when you're talking about the energy plant in Burlington creating electricity and the ability to call that renewable and establish renewable energy credits that are required by any power producer in Vermont. But the expansion of it, which would create thermal energy, heat for the hospital, would also generate under the clean heat standard, could generate, possible, credits for that program so the same power created by wood burning wood creates uh, credits for the power producing uh, uh, regulatory scheme and possibly for the thermal clean heat credit yeah that's the affordable heat act and anthony said well wouldn't wouldn't the yeah burlington residents might see a decline in in prices but everyone else would be paying on electricity side the same is true with the clean heat standards think about that if they build this, this pipe of steam that goes to the hospital and they can sell those credits, the city of Burlington, to some fuel dealer in Bennington or Bellows Falls or Belvedere, those residents will be paying higher prices for their heat so that the hospital can pay less for theirs. Very good point, Matt. Matt, Matt. Coda, he, he he knows this subject better than anybody. I was I was speculating, and I was like, I'm pretty sure that's the way it's going to work. Yeah. Uh, yeah, good. Thanks for calling this morning. Uh, let's grab one more call before we have to go. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Hi. Good morning. Uh, my name is Ernesto. I'm a truck driver. I have an opinion regarding all of these energy, uh, you know, controversy of all of that. You got to make it a little quick though. We're we're up against yes. the break. Yes, my, my, my opinion is that diversification is, is, is the good stuff. Centralization is terrible. You cannot go everybody electric or something like that. We need to have all sources of energy available. That way, the consumer will win, will have options. The price of energy will go down. If you have only electricity and electric cars, all of this thing is nonsense. We need diversification. More energy and more uh, different type of energy. All right. Thanks for the call. We got the point. Thanks for the call. Rob, quick comment on that. All in. It's a great point. I agree with everything the caller said. Nuclear. Free market. I mean, you know, it's supply and demand. It's it's pretty simple uh, concept. And to just throw the baby out with the bathwater, whatever you want to say, is insanity. And then, then to know that the people that are really pushing this are the ones that are profiting from it takes it to a completely new level. Yeah. People have to understand this. They've got to get involved. They've got to get active. 
So, yeah, there's, there, I have the video. Uh, it's embedded in the story. You can look at it. It's only a couple minutes long. Yep. Just Rob Roper, thanks for being on Morning Drive, as always. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for coming in. All right, we're going to check in with ABC News. We've got uh, Amanda's got the headlines. We've got the forecast.